Hi everyone, so welcome to the very first episode of the Procrastinate podcast where we focus on all things procrastination, mindset and well-being so that you can positively improve your life. So today I have a very special guest on the show and that is Francis Williams and me and Fran used to work together as coaches and you know we just gelled during our time as coaches and we're very similar people in some ways and Fran's career has gone from strength to strength. She's now the head of people and she'll go into that a bit more later. And she's also the founder of a wellbeing initiative as well. Um, before we dive in, I'll just explain who I am. So I'm Katie Andrews. I'm an accredited and experienced life and procrastination coach. And if you want to find more about my story and, and what I do, then you can go to the wanderingcoach.co.uk. So I just want to sort of welcome you, Fran, before we get started. Thank you for being on the show it's been too long it's been for like forever forever um, but it also feels like only yesterday that you know we were talking together so yeah just you know a warm welcome and, and thank you for being here so if you can briefly tell my audience a little bit about you your sort of current working situation and sort of what you're getting involved in at the moment and maybe even what day-to-day -day life looks like at home you know if that's of course, okay of course and firstly thank you so much for inviting me onto this wonderful podcast it's great to chat with you again after all this time like you say it's like we're going back to having a video call when we were working together so it's absolutely delightful to to chat with you again um, so yeah hi everyone I'm Fran Williams I'm currently head of people at a gaming studio called Playtonic which is a wonderful place to work absolutely love my job there uh, my first and foremost priority are the people, so um, that's what I focus on when I am there. I don't like the term HR, never like the term HR, um, so that's why I say I'm head of people. Um, I'm also, as Katie mentioned, the founder of uh, the Wellgood Initiative, which is all about empowering young people to believe that they can achieve anything through mindset, learning and kindness, to not only think good, but do good, to ultimately then feel good. Um, that's basically a non-for-profit initiative. I do that on the side of my day job and it was following different conversations that I was having as part of my job as patron of Burton College, not only also because of difficulties that we went through with regards to coming out of the first lockdown with my daughter and her anxiety, which she'd never experienced before. Um, and finally, the last part of the question you asked was, what does day to day look like? And oh my gosh, day-to-day um, -day is very different. Um, I'm a mum of two, I'm a wife. Um, as you said, I've, on, depending on the day, I'm also working at either Playtonic or I'm doing my well good stuff if it's a Wednesday. So generally, I tend to wake up at the same time as my husband um, around six o'clock. He goes off to CrossFit. I tend to do a Les Mills um, exercise, whether or not that's body pump, body combat, whatever uh, exercise I do that day that tends to be half an hour um, I then have my athletic screens I have a green tea I sit in peace with the dog before the kids wake up hopefully they're not awake at this time because this is my kind of treasured time where I get to focus on my own self-care and what I kind of need to do to keep well myself and um, then if the kids aren't awake I tend to if they've had a, if my daughter's been at gymnastics and my little boy's been at football the night before and I let them have a lie-in, I then take them breakfast in bed. Um, so I, I wake them up with breakfast, they have breakfast. We then do the whole school routine. 
take them to school. I then go off to my job at Playtonic, or if I'm not there, I tend to come back and work on any of the Wellgood initiative. On Monday nights, we then have Taekwondo. Tuesday, my daughter has three hours of gymnastics. Wednesday night, my little boy's at football. Thursday night, we have a free night. Friday night, my daughter's at three hours of gymnastics again. Uh, Saturday mornings, football and gymnastics again. So every evening, there tends to be something that we also have to do from a taxiing perspective, so driving them somewhere. Um, so yeah, a day-to-day -day is very different, but generally it's very busy, but we try to also capture moments of that self-care and doing what we can um, as a family as well in between. We always have a game of Uno before bed. So we do reading and spellings when they get in from their clubs or before they go to their clubs. And then we go up to bed, have a game of family Uno, um, and then go off to bed and start the next day. <laughs> Time management is best. There's a lot crammed yeah. in there. And I bet it's not without its challenges, but actually, the, you know, even if you reflect on what you've just said, there's so much crammed in there. And I'm sure it doesn't always run to plan because life no. rarely does. No. But it seems yeah. to me in the main, you've got structure there, which is absolutely key in terms of time management. So let's yeah. just take, you know, I'm going to take you back in time here now, Fran, <laughs> you know, to when you were a oh, child. Probably. So, yeah. you know, we're going back here. But it's important to go back, I think, because what happens to us in our past shapes our future, doesn't it, in a big, Definitely. big way. So thinking about when you were a child then and that sort of journey that you had in terms of competitiveness and being perfectionistic, like you've told me before, how do you feel that, that influenced your mindset, those, those two traits that you had to deal with? So I don't know if it stems from I'm one of five uh, children and being the second born, when I did look into it, there, there tends to be a relation between if you are a second child, you can be prone to be more competitive if you're quite close in age with your, your older sibling. Mm -hmm. um, so I think initially the competitiveness came from being a second child and if my brother was doing his spellings, I'd be there going, I know how to spell it, I know how to spell it. And looking back now, I was the most awful kind of, as a sibling, to have a sibling that's constantly trying to kind of butt in. Um, like, I, I hate the thought that I was like that. And kind of for my older brother, I do feel for him. And um, I, I don't know if whether now, because I'm older and the research and the reading that I've done, it's actually made me less competitive and not even want to look like I'm competing against any of my siblings or anybody because I really don't like the fact that I did that like growing up. Um, I actually in secondary school I had the nickname which again fills me with dread um, but I had the nickname be the best because I put so much effort into wanting and the majority of this was to do with sport so if we did sports day I'd, I'd come first in the races I'd be that nervous, uh, I'd be shaking, I wouldn't be able to sleep the night before, uh, I wouldn't be able to eat, I'd be so nervous at the thought of coming last, even though there was never any pressure from my parents. My parents were always very much like how I am with my kids now, I don't care where you come, I don't care what grade you get, as long as you know that you've tried your best, that's all that we can ask. Like, so that's the way that I was brought up. So I don't know where this fear of coming last came from. Um, and I wouldn't say it helped me because like I said, yes, I 
came first and at sports days, I think I still hold the record for the 60 metres at, at the school sports day. But I wouldn't say I enjoyed, I didn't enjoy it or I didn't value it or feel grateful for the fact that I was even healthy enough to kind of come first or my body was doing what it could and allow me to do it. I was just so terrified at that moment um, that, yeah, the fear of failure, should I say. Um, and as a child growing up and that I had this, I don't know what it was. I used to be proud in interviews and now again, I cringe, but I used to be so proud at the thought of going, um, oh yeah, I'm a perfectionist. Like everything's got to be perfect. I don't like, I don't settle until like everything, I feel everything's perfect. Whereas now I, I never, ever answer like that. Um, for me, perfection doesn't exist. It's, and and when, I, when I learned that, it was like a weight lifted. Yeah. Because yeah. when I read about it, I think it was in um, the EQ difference by Adele Lynn. And it was this weight lifted. And because like how she said, your perfect would be different to my perfect, which would be different to someone else's perfect. So who's perfect is actually right. No one's. Yes, so you're striving for something that actually doesn't exist. And again, it, when I then look back, it was like, have I actually enjoyed the process of all of these things? I probably didn't because it was always that fear of, oh, have I done it perfectly? Could I have done it better? Could I have done? And don't get me wrong. I think it's important to be aware of if there's a learning element there. Yeah. but not fear it so now I'm very much I, I don't care if like failure to me doesn't exist I, I kind of go in with something wholeheartedly I do it the best that I can if it's not to standard I'll learn from it and I'll, I'll take feedback if I actually then get to where I want to go and I've achieved it for me jobs are good and but I've enjoyed the process along the way so I think when I learn about the things that I now, uh, the, the way that I've learned about mindset and that switch of failure kind of doesn't exist, perfection doesn't exist. Now I feel I've been able to enjoy the process of these things a whole lot more. Absolutely, Fran, and I can relate to that. You know, the pressure that you almost put on, you know, that we almost put on ourselves to be perfect at the time. Yeah you know it, it almost makes you ill like sick to the thought and yeah. you know, it's carrying a weight on your shoulders I know for me it's like immense yes. stress and pressure that actually yeah. when you let go of that it's so freeing and compelling it's, it's amazing but it, it is an act to learn and I think you've got to go through a lot of life lessons <laughs> and learnings to go I'm not doing this to myself anymore. It's making yeah. me physically ill. So yeah. I could definitely relate to that, Fran. And what yeah. would you say? So obviously there's, there was a link there in terms of the competitiveness because of everything that was going on in your background. You know, it was sort of ingrained there in your sort of background and society, if you will. But also the fear of failure. I'm guessing that that was sort of connected to the, the um, competitiveness, which was also a strand of the perfectionism. Would you say they were all in linked for, for that reason or would you say the perfectionism came from something else uh, good question um I, I think it was probably it what took to me it was all linked in the sense of I was competitive competitive because I was wanting to do it perfectly and to the best of my ability and also not ever come last 
and but then now like now I say to my kids uh, I always say what's the worst case scenario so if you were to come last what is the like now looking back if I'd said to myself when I was eight years old in sports day or whatever like if you come last what is the worst case scenario oh somebody might say you've come last or with how cruel kids can be yes they might have laughed but actually if you can kind of have that strength within which is hard as a child but if you can have that strength from the within to go I did my best you can laugh but actually I'm proud of how I, how I stood at that start line and even committed to running the race because I think it, it actually doesn't matter what the outcome is for me yes it's important to set goals yes it's important to aim for the finish line but it's actually the journey and the process of getting there that actually needs to be rewarded and if you kind of follow those steps and kind of a bit like there's a, there's a really nice quote where it's it's not the destination that's that's kind of it's the it's the journey and and I love that again when I read that I was like that's just brilliant because again people can be so focused on the destination and the goal that they lose sight of actually all the in-between bits that are actually probably the most beautiful and we may also never get to that outcome like life's not guaranteed for any of us and for me I also think as awful as it sounds and not to bring the tone down on the podcast but for me when you're very aware of death and how life isn't guaranteed I think you get this new sense of actually I just want to live and actually living in the journey means so much more to me than the outcome and and the actual what the the goal and whether you achieve that goal it's actually taking those steps to kind of focus on it move forward towards it but yeah that that for me when I was more aware and self-aware and reflected more that kind of opened up again a new a new release of life I would say it's amazing that journey that you've gone on when would you say that that light bulb moment happened for you like how long did it take I know for me it's taken most of my goddamn life <laughs> but <laughs> it really has but like when was it for you Fran that you went I'm not doing this anymore I'm not I'm not stressing myself out anymore I think there's there's been a couple of moments that I don't think it, it definitely I wouldn't say happened overnight it was a combination of lots of different things. So I would say it started when um, I read that book where it told, where it said about the perfection doesn't exist. That was one light bulb moment. Another moment that was a real, which is what's led me to where I am today. And that was after the first lockdown, my daughter, who I mentioned with regards to now goes eight hours of gymnastics a week and we have to travel half an hour there and back to get there Uh, after the first lockdown she suffered with really bad anxiety she'd never experienced anxiety before and after the first lockdown we were reversing off the drive to go see family for the first time I think it was in after about five months of not being in a car and she jumped out of the car on the as we pulled off the drive went running to the front door screaming and shouting like she was going to be sick Um, And that basically, cut a long story short, that basically turned into she wouldn't sit in the car on the drive, she wouldn't leave the house, a walk around the block that we've done hundreds and hundreds of times, she couldn't even do that, she'd be crying at the back gate, not not wanting to leave, every night she'd be over the toilet saying I'm going to be sick, I'm going to be sick, um, in in a huge panic, and I think as a mum, 
you feel helpless so it started by kind of saying to her okay what are you thinking about because what you're thinking about is causing you to think that you're wanting to be sick so let's kind of break it down so we started doing that I then did a lot of reading so I kind of turned into just I, I needed to be a sponge of information with regards to anything connected to mindset anxiety worry young people so I also had a conversation with a child therapist because as a mom you don't know the answers you do the best you can at any given moment and I, I know that I had people saying to me oh you need to just put her in the car and drive and just take her to Leicester screaming and shouting but that didn't sit right with me I thought I'm going to cause her a lifelong trauma and she'll never trust me again if I do that yeah. um, I also didn't want her to obviously turn into a recluse because I thought, well, if I continue to allow her to continue these behaviours, she's going to think that, well, there's a reason my mum's not making me go for a walk around the block because actually it's not safe. Um, and I think when we then broke it all down, the the watching of Boris every night at five o'clock with all the restrictions, with all the rules, with all the fines, when you're a person, I, I think she t- takes after me, don't like to break rules, like to do everything right, don't like to get told off. I think when she was sitting and obviously around all of that and going back to school and there being tape and I think her friend fell over and she went to help her and the teacher was like stop don't go near her because she was in a different bubble so that like my daughter I think that then caused a bit of shock that oh gosh I'm not allowed to help somebody now because I'm going to get told off by the teacher what we didn't realize that subconsciously in our kind of vulnerable young people's minds these actions were then subconsciously making obviously the anxiety and the worry of getting things wrong depending on your personality a whole lot worse um so yeah so it bit by bit we we had to do loads of things to um try to find out how we can work better but the understanding of emotions uh, and a, a book called my hidden chimp which is based on the chimp paradox by professor steve peters that was a turning point that again was a light bulb another light bulb moment for me and I would say when I met him in person at a seminar I put out my hand to him and I I just started crying because I said I I feel you've saved my family I'm going to get upset in a minute because if if I hadn't have read that book and learnt what it talks about with regards to the management of emotions and how we've all got this hidden chimp or inner voice or inner critic whatever it is if I hadn't have read that like now like my daughter she you say to her she went we went to clip and climb we went to swimming and she'd climb halfway up come back down she wouldn't put her head in the water to do front crawl and you ask her the questions oh why are you feeling that way what's what's stopping you from doing it and it'd be the fear and then you'd say is it a fear is there something to be scared about because again all of our emotions are good they're there to protect us but what it does in that my hidden chimp and those books that we read was it breaks it down to go okay but is that emotion right for this moment in time and when you're attached to a climbing wall with a rope you're completely safe so actually you can tell your hidden chimp and you can tell your inner voice to shut up because you're safe so don't stop me from doing something I can do. So as soon as we said, why are you feeling that way? Is it 
kind of you hit it is it your chimp stopping you literally it's a it's a light bulb moment she's up to the top of the wall she puts her face in the water she does a whip the front crawl again like I said she goes eight hours of gymnastics a week so again like as much as I didn't want my seven-year-old and us as a family to go through what we went through three years ago now I feel that we've all got this toolkit now that we can draw on and hence the reason for all of that was what then I feel like we've all got this inner power that I want everybody to be aware of now. And that's why I set up the whole Well Good initiative, because I thought if I'd have known this when I was a child, I wouldn't have been so scared to give things a go or not do things. And at 37, if I hadn't have read all, all of this over kind of the last three years, there's no way I would have started Taekwondo three years ago because I'd have put that limiting belief on myself to go, you're too old to do that. And whereas now I'm like, that's just my chimp trying to throw me off guard. I'm not too old to do anything. So actually, no, I'm going to do it and I'm going to start it. So I've gone on a, off a bit of a tangent, but what I would say is it's not one moment that caused that light bulb moment. It was experiences and challenges that started that learning but actually the more I then read and the more that I found out the more that I then believed that we can all do this we can all work on our mindset to potentially achieve anything. There's a lot of passion there Fran and you know it doesn't matter that you went off on a bit of a tangent because (laughs) the passion was there and it's I can see that it's, you know, it's, it's very deeply rooted in terms of emotions there and it will be because, you know, you, you're sitting back there and watching your loved one, your daughter go through stuff that is very similar, I imagine, to what you went through as a child when you had that fear of failure and the competitiveness and the perfectionism. So it's almost like, to me, listening to that story, that you saw something in your daughter you will do because you related that reminded you of you and almost took you back to when you were going through it and it's almost like you went no but we're not having this for you we you know we're going to get you through this and we're going to move you forward and you found resources and stuff to help you and your family so it's very deep rooted but it's got a happy ending hasn't it in a way that you've come through the other side all of you stronger as a family and you found some solutions and you want to as part of your well good initiative to pass that knowledge on which i think is fantastic and you know how could you have a much better why than that in terms of why you're doing the well good initiative you know it's gone through your entire family you know those struggles to strength so it's fantastic so we'll go on to the next question I've got it was going to be the taekwondo one but you answered that so that's fantastic um I just want to dive into the fear of failure a little bit again so you know you have talked a little bit about it in terms of resources and things that you've used over the years to overcome it but is there anything that you can share with the audience besides what you know chimp paradox and the rest of it that has been really useful for you overcoming fear of failure and I know taekwondo and you pushing yourself out there's a biggie but is there anything else that is useful for people um, I, I also found a great tool because uh, again another thing that I was I would say scared of and was playing on my mind before then reading this book and this technique uh, was flying again so I hadn't flown for 10 years uh, up until last year and I, we planned a trip to take the kids for the first time on a plane. And 
um, again, the thought of it, I was like, I really want to do it, but oh my gosh, I'm really, I've been through really bad turbulence on other flights and not flying for 10 years. I think you can build things up and overthink things and not think about all the plane rides that actually were really smooth. You naturally, a bit like what my daughter did with the, the car situation, you focus on the time that you might have felt a bit travel sick and then built it up. And I think that's what I did. I was thinking, and again, I think it was also being a parent and traveling for the first time, you put that responsibility on yourself that if anything was to go wrong on the plane, I've put my children in danger. So I think that was kind of playing on my mind. And then I read a technique called the fear bubble, and that's by Ant Middleton in his book, The Fear Bubble. And what he does is, if you've got a fearful situation, you basically surround it in a bubble. So you kind of put a bubble around that event. You don't think about it until you get to that event. So you kind of compartmentalise that there's no point worrying about it because worrying about it is kind of wasted energy, which you kind of know already. But actually, when you get to that event, once you achieve it and you get over that fear, you as if visualise popping that bubble. So once you pop that bubble and you've got that sense of satisfaction, it's like you get a bit addicted to popping more bubbles because you kind of get that sense of kind of achievement that, wow, I did that and I was I was kind of nervous. Um, and, and yeah, so with the Taekwondo, I started Taekwondo, but then one step forward with that was um, a competition. Now, I would never, never, ever, ever have thought that I would have had the guts to enter a competition um, at, at my age, kind of doing the Taekwondo for 18 months. I entered what's called a pattern competition. So in if you've watched Karate Kid, it's like the katas that they do. But in Taekwondo, they're called patterns and you have to do kind of 38 movements with, the, with a particular pattern um, and certain moves. And then you are against somebody and then they say basically who won. Uh, never would have done that. Again, like I said, at the sports day, I'd have not been able to sleep, I'd have not been able to eat, I would not be able to think straight. It would be kind of all encompassing on my brain that I'd only be able to think of that. And for this, since obviously all the reading I've been doing, they said about this pattern competition and I was like, oh yeah, I'll do it. I really want to do it. And I was thinking, this is not me. Like, what on earth am I saying? Um, but I was like, no, I want to do it. And then it got to the day, I slept really well the night before, I kind of turned up to the venue, really relaxed, would never normally be able to eat, but I was eating, had a coffee, um, and kind of leading up to it, I was just like, I'm, I'm really excited, because this is something I say to my kids as well, when they say that they're feeling nervous, we say, what does nerves also feel like? And it's like, oh, excited. So then it's like, okay, so actually it's okay to feel nervous because actually we're excited. And, and I think a, a certain element of nerves is always good because it shows you care. So again, I just thought I'm excited to show what I've learned. And again, focusing on that, I think the fear of failure side is that you focus on what's the worst case scenario. And the worst case scenario with anything that I'm fearing, like the competition was, worst case scenario is I go blank and I'm on the mat and I don't know what I'm doing and I stand there but I thought I'll stand there I'll smile and I'll go unfortunately I've forgotten but I'll try again next year and that's it and I thought well I'm okay with that like that's so I'm not gonna fear that so actually visualizing that that might happen 
and being okay with that and actually then going, okay, I'll be relaxed. I'll focus on my breath. And when I start the pattern, I'll come back to my breath and I'll visualize it the way I've done it in the training room, in my kitchen. I'm not going to build it up into this big arena. I'm just going to take it a little bit at a time um, and just enjoy it. And, and honestly, like, and I'm actually, I've got another, I've got the British Championships in October and I'm excited, I'm just excited about it because again, I don't actually care. It sounds wrong. I do care, but I don't, it doesn't bother me that if it's a learning opportunity and I go blank, that's okay. Like we're all human. Like it's not going to be my day. But actually, if you do come through it and just by putting myself out there and doing the competition, I came away with a gold medal. Well, if I hadn't have put myself in that position, I'd have never have got a gold medal with a taekwondo person on it. <laughs> do you get what well, I mean? It's like that. When, when, you know, we all have those down days. Our mind can be our greatest asset and our worst enemy yeah, from time definitely. to time, especially when we're dealing with procrastination, perfectionism, fear of failure, etc. Put yeah. so much pressure on ourselves, but you've hit the nail on the head that, you know, had you not have done it and pushed yourself in a positive way, you wouldn't have read the rewards of the gold medal, you know. Yeah. And it doesn't matter whether it's bronze, silver or gold. The, the, the fact is you took power, you yeah. got something out of it, you push yourself out of your comfort zone and, yeah, you know, you got a gold, and, you know, fantastic, you know, then you'd have been happy no matter what. But, you know, you've got something there that if you do have a dark day, you can go, yeah. I'm challenging you with evidence because actually yeah. the last time you were on that floor, you got the gold. Yeah. So you can do this, do you know what I mean? And that's key, isn't it? Challenging the yeah. mind with evidence and going, what's the worst could, that could happen? And like you yeah. said, what is the worst that could happen? Definitely. You know, but it's, I think we can, a lot of us can fall trapped to that of, really winding ourselves up to the point of oblivion when actually sometimes it could be something or nothing like in yeah. terms of not achieving it so yeah, yeah the mind can be a difficult one can't it yeah. um let's just kind of move on a little bit to growth mindset which is i know something that you are quite passionate about what would yeah. you say for the audience is the key to embracing a growth mindset you know and learning from setbacks and you've mentioned a couple of them with the taekwondo and stuff but what would you say is the the key for a growth mindset um, what is the key? I think or it's your growth mindset, Fran. You know, just just what helps you keep going and keep evolving. You know, I was going to say it, it comes for me. It comes down to consistency. So you you can't expect to do something once and expect. So read read about growth mindset once, and then all of a sudden you've got that mindset and and you're good to go. It's yeah. a case of you've consistently got to be kind of working yourself forward, taking those actions, kind of working out what's what's important to you. Um, and being it's it's okay to not get where you want to go one day, like what you said, but actually reflect I think self-reflection and self-awareness are, are, are key as well. Um, and when you do have a setback or something's not gone quite quite to plan, it's a case of reflect on it. What could I do differently? What what can I learn from this situation? And then, okay, what's my plan of action to then move forward uh, the next day or the next time I'm going to do this? Um, I think another key thing is uh, touching on so the mindset, which then links to the ability to and be willing to keep on learning. Kind of for me, 
I embrace the fact that I'm not an expert in anything, but I'm not an I'm not an expert. I, I will never know everything about any like any anything um, because times change, people change, circumstances change. Um, and for me, having that ability to kind of embrace the fact that you can always learn more, you can always see things from a different angle, you can always see things from a different perspective and being open to reaching out to somebody else that you can like mentors I'm a big believer in mentors kind of that vulnerability of saying I don't know enough about this but I'm, I'm wanting to learn I'm wanting to embrace what I can do differently so I would say having a mentor and people that you can soundboard things off um, again that that with growth mindset not fearing as though you, you're going to fail you, you're willing to keep pushing and learning and if you are if there is something you can do different kind of do it um i think when you i think when you don't take action it generally for me anyway manifests itself so you end up feeling worse anyway so actually taking those action points and having a plan in place and having a daily routine to because for me i know what works well for my mindset that's why I get up in the morning and do exercise. That's why I make time to sit in peace and quiet meditation. That's why I journal. That's why I practice gratitude every morning and every night. There's there's kind of lots of things that I do daily, the reading of, of different topics. There's lots of things that I encompass into my daily life that means, means that I'm constantly wanting to grow as a person and reflect on what I'm doing, being aware of how my actions as well are impacting other people and being open to that feedback. I think people can fear feedback as, as this bad thing that, oh, well, they're criticising me. Whereas actually, I'm a big believer that if you can take feedback, run with it, analyse it, sometimes the feedback that they're giving isn't accurate. So also you don't have to take what someone's saying and believe it either someone might be saying stuff and like what you said previously you can actually analyze it and go actually the evidence says that the feedback that you're giving isn't accurate so i'm going to take it acknowledge it but then i'm going to bat it away as well and let that let that go but again i think having that openness and honesty with yourself um because you can close up and go oh gosh i'm not i'm not letting anybody give any kind of feedback because I don't want them to say that I'm I'm not this person or I'm not that person but having that awareness of the type of person you are and being willing to receive feedback and either take it or bat it away I think that's a key thing with regards to if you are going to work on your mindset I was going to say there's so many I was going to say there's so many things I think that play a part um, but consistency in a daily routine um, and reaching out to mentors was a, were, were big things for me to keep me feeling the way that I feel on a day-to-day -day basis. Some I'm sorry if that's gone there. off on one. No, no, it's fine, Fran. At the end of the day, there's, there's there's lots of ways to grow, like you said, and you know, there's loads of nuggets in there, but essentially it's about trying things and if it doesn't work, try something else, you know. I don't know about you, Fran, but, you know, I was like you, fear of failure, perfectionism, 
perfectionism procrastination the whole lot and you know a lot of it like you say stems from childhood it stems from stress it stems from your experiences and for me personally and you could probably relate to this Fran the growth for me was when I could look at failures no matter what they are and go okay you didn't work this time you know I might have had that pang of disappointment because I don't think that ever goes but go okay what can I try next? Who can yeah. I learn from? What do I need to read? What do I need to do differently so that yeah. I can evolve and move forward, whether it's in business, whether it's in life, whatever it is. Yeah. And I see it differently and I never used yes. to. So yeah. there can be a shift and there can be a light at the end of the tunnel and everybody's yeah. journey with that will be different. But when you can get to grips with that fear of failure, that is a growth journey in itself definitely Definitely. it's amazing and it's life-changing and the shackles come off so thinking about um success and self-confidence a little bit now so you know you moved into this taekwondo which is fantastic a bit later on in life how would you say that success that you've achieved through taekwondo has impacted on your you know overall confidence and you're willing to take risks in other areas of your life how is that benefiting as a whole? I think it, it's a bit like what you said with regards to it it expands your evidence base that when you're going to try something new in future, say the Well Good initiative, like nine weeks ago I launched it. And before I did launch it, I had to think, okay, and break it down with regards to should I should I be doing this? Should I kind of have I got time for this? And there was loads of different variables. Um, and with the whole taekwondo thing and giving that a go I just thought to myself even if I'm doing this and I get a platform in place I, I kind of it's I know I'm so passionate about it and I know that it'd be useful and then I can draw on it with different things that that's all I can hope for and actually so the worst case scenario is I end up with a platform no one views it no one engages with it Yes, I will have lost a bit of money because I'd have bought the domain name and I've, I've kind of paid for the website each month. But the worst case scenario is that, that, yeah, they're the worst case scenario. So for me, I think with the taekwondo and with the, the, the belief and that knowledge now with regards to not believing that there's failure, for me, it just means that if I have an idea and I weigh up the, the pros and cons with regards to family life, work life and everything else, I'll always give it a go because for me, there's there's nothing to lose. You're either gaining experience or gaining an opportunity. And, and also it's okay to give things a go and actually go, actually, this isn't for me. And and you actually go, and, and knowing when to quit, I think it's Stephen Bartlett that says that, knowing when to quit is also a great skill to have because things can be different at different times in your life. So you have to address, okay, for me and my family right now, because first and foremost, I'm a mum and a wife, and that will always be my priority. So anything that takes over that, I would always drop because being a wife and a mum is, is is my number one. Um, with regards to the confidence that the Taekwondo gave me, I would say it's more just happiness for me. Like, I just love life and I love being happy and that happiness and if if taekwondo or whatever it is that I do gives me an, an element of happiness or kind of joy then I'll, I'll give it a go if something I feel won't give me additional happiness or joy 
then again, I also won't engage with it because life's for living and being happy. And my number one, when you, when you touched on success, for me, I don't need anything else to be happy. I've got everything I could ever wish for um, with regards to, to life. Other things, the Wellgood Initiative taken off, yes, that would be great, but it won't bring me any more happiness than what I feel now, if that makes sense. So as much as Taekwondo and the other experience I've had helps me with regards to giving me evidence to try new things, I think you also have to have an awareness of what actually does success look like for you and what actually do you want out of life that if you aren't happy, what can you change to guide you towards what, what will make you happy? Um, and only you individually will know that. Um, and, I, and I think it's very different for everybody, if that answers the question. That, that makes sense. And I think you're right, you know, even if, you know, the well good was to fail, which I don't think it will, because it's, it's doing amazing from what I can see. But even if that was the worst case scenario, the intention was there, the purpose was there, it's linked to your bigger why, you know, yeah. you look back at that and go, well, you know, what more passion could I put into that? You know, yeah. that is the main thing. If you're doing something and it's aligned with who you are and your why and you're passionate about it, then do it, you know, do yeah. it and, and see what happens. And to be honest, the chances are when you're so passionate about something, I've had this myself, especially in my travels, when you're so passionate, you're so driven, you're so laser focused, that yeah. you smash barriers down, barrier yeah. after barrier, wouldn't you, just to get there. Even like you yeah. with taekwondo, taekwondo, you want it, you're passionate about it, you're so uber focused, that yeah. nothing can really stop you, <laughs> in my yeah. opinion. So, yeah having that why and that purpose can give you the best chance of achieving your goals so thank you for that Fran it's been an amazing <laughs> chat but before we finish I just want to give you the opportunity in the floor just to you know explain to people how they can connect with you in terms of the well good initiative you know give the website if you will and we'll put it in the description but if you just sort of give that briefly in terms of the description and the and the yeah, website definitely, right. definitely. so um, yeah, it's uh, the the actual brand is well good. I don't know if you can see on the the sign behind me. Um, so it's well good, uh, think good, do good, feel good. The website is www.wellgood.life um, is the website. So feel free to go there. I only launched nine weeks ago, so there's so much more that I want to add into it and get kind of involved uh, with regards to the site. Um, if anybody that's watching has got any resources that they want to share, by all means, kind of let me know. You can contact me at fran at wellgood.life um, is my email address. Because, um, yeah, what I'm wanting to do is anybody, because everyone is different, anything that anybody's got that they feel helped then, if we you want me to point them to it and signpost it through the website, I'm more than happy to do that. Um, you can also follow me on Instagram um, at wellgood underscore life. Um, I'm also on LinkedIn, Francis Williams. Um, so yeah, anybody that's wanting to connect or if they want to kind of check uh, the website out, by all means do that, drop me a message. And I'm always happy to engage and interact with people that are interested in this type of thing connected to mindset, learning and kindness. 
that's amazing, Fran, and I'm, I'm amazed that you remembered all those different social media platforms without even looking at anything. Sounds fantastic, but it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the very first episode. I can't think of anybody better to christen oh, the yeah, the pro procrastinate podcast. So it's that's been an absolute it. pleasure. You know, it's been too long. We need to keep keep reconnecting. Um, but thank you so much. You know, you're an inspiration to a lot of people. Oh, you know, you're a real person having a real life you know just keeping it real and, and doing what you can to you know have the best life possible for you and your children so thank you very oh, much you. and for anybody listening you know if you've got any comments or suggestions for the for the podcast you know do let us know but it'll be everything sort of procrastination man, mindset and well-being focused so yeah thank you Fran and Brilliant. we'll see you thank all you. on the next podcast I'll see you later yes. Fran take care take bye. care bye bye